Look at me recording again. I am so proud of myself. I already had the topic that I wanted to talk about today all ready to go. I'm really excited. Again, very proud of myself for doing this two weeks in a row. I've done it before. I have. I think this is the 20th episode that I've done, which is super exciting. And when I listened to last week's episode when I was, like, editing it, I realized that I talk so slow, I feel like. Between the words that I'm saying, there's always a pause or I drag out words, and I feel like it's really slow. So I feel like I want to try and kind of speed the process up almost, not to try and get it done with as fast as possible, but to make it easier to listen to, to make it a little more enjoyable. Because then when I go to listen to the podcasts that I already listen to in my free time, it, like comparing mine, like my voice to the other girls that I listen to or the other people that I listen to, it I feel like I talk so slow and it's kind of annoying to listen to. I don't know if that's actually the case. I might be in my own head about it. Who knows? But all of that being said, I'm going to try to talk a little faster. I think I'm doing a good job at it right now. When I go back to edit this, maybe I won't, but we will see. So for today's episode, the topic is, I I might title it like Hosting 101 or something, but I wanted to talk about how to be a good host because when it comes to hosting either like a small get-together with your friends or a much larger party, I feel like there's a lot of pressure when it comes to quote-unquote, like, being a good host. And I feel like a lot of the time you see the person who's in charge of hosting, whether you're at their apartment, their house, whatever, you see them running around a lot. They're constantly worried about everyone else there. They're not having fun themselves. They're worried about the food and the drinks. Does everyone have what they need? All of that stuff. And that's obviously good if someone wants to make sure everyone at their house is taken care of and comfortable having a good time. That's obviously a good host, right? But you also want that person to have fun. So I feel like there are definitely some things that you can do beforehand, like before the party starts, before people start coming over to really prepare yourself so that no matter what, you're ready. You can jump on any problem if something goes south, but then in the meantime, you can still have fun yourself. And I just wanted to talk about hosting because I get so excited thinking about having my own home, like an actual house in kind of the near future, right? And I want to be a good host. I want to have people over. If it's like a small little group of friends or if it's like a Christmas party or a New Year's party, stuff like that, I want to host. I want to be a good host. I want people to enjoy being in my home. When I have kids later down the road, I want to be the fun house, You know, I want to be the house that my kids' friends get excited to sleep over at on the weekends. Or I want to give my kids, like, really fun birthday parties and the parents come over when the kids are little, you know, and everyone has a good time. I just love the idea of hosting and throwing a fun party. I think it's so fun. So that's why I'm talking about this today. And for me, I personally think that the most fun parties and gatherings in general are the ones that you don't necessarily have a specific plan for but at the same time I love themed parties like Christmas parties Halloween parties don't even get me started on Halloween I love Halloween parties costume parties that's super fun right 
but I don't like when you are going to just hang out with some friends. Someone's just throwing a casual party, a little get-together, if you will, and you're over there and you just want to sit. You want to relax. You want to have a drink. You want to have some food. And there's, like, no specific agenda for the night, right? Like, everyone is just winding down from the work week. Everyone's catching up. You haven't seen your friends in a while. Everyone's just having a good time. And then the host is like, okay, everyone, at this time, we're going to eat. And then at this time, we're going to play a game. And then at this time, we're going to do that. And then we're going to do this and then that and blah, blah, blah. I don't really like parties with itineraries, even when it's something like, like, you know, at like baby showers and bridal showers, there are always so many games. I don't like the games. I don't think those are necessary. I really don't. Like, if you're there to celebrate someone, have like a toast, you know, when everyone's there enjoying their drinks, make a toast to the person that you're celebrating that everyone's there for. And then maybe, like, open gifts at some point if it's a gift-giving occasion, whatever. But I don't... I'm not really a fan of the games. And the games at parties like baby showers and bridal showers, they're kind of weird. They're kind of off-putting, especially at bridal showers when your own mom is there. Your mother-in-law might be there. Your your future mother-in-law, right? Your grandma might be there. Like, you've got family members there at situations or at celebrations like that. And then you have your best friends, people that, you know, you kind of like, I feel like your family knows things about you that your friends don't and your friends know things about you that your family doesn't, right? And then when you combine both of those groups of people and you make games for a bridal shower that involve like penis shaped things, I think I that's it's weird, is it not? Like I I would be so uncomfortable in that situation be like sitting next to my mom like okay let's you know play this you know raunchy game no I I don't like those but if it's a specific night that is dedicated to games aka a game night and everyone that you've invited knows that it's a game night like it was on the invitation it was in the text that you sent out to everyone everyone knows what they're getting themselves into if that's the case then go for it. Because everyone that's there, everyone that RSVP'd, everyone that showed up, they already know it's a game night. And if they showed up, that means they're into it, right? So go for it. Those are totally different. That's totally fine. But just in general, I feel like there are a handful of things at parties that just maybe shouldn't happen the way that they typically do happen. And I've got a little list of like the do's and don'ts of hosting. Obviously, I'm not a homeowner right now, like right at this very moment. So this is coming from someone that hasn't like truly hosted a big group of people, right? So maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. And maybe when it comes time for me to do that in the near future, maybe I'm going to change my mind on all of this. But that's life. That's how we all go through life, is it not? So that's okay. But I made my little list of things that I think everyone should do when they're hosting and then things that everyone should not do when they're hosting. So let's get into it. Also, okay, one more thing before I get into the nitty gritty. This goes in, you know, kind of 
different ways for different groups of people. You're going to have different groups of people that you're hosting throughout your life. You might be hosting a group of coworkers, your boss, the manager, everyone's going to be there. That's a whole different type of group compared to your best friends or your best friend's birthday or a bachelorette party or a bridal shower or hosting like your family and your significant other's family or just like a girl's night or maybe you're hosting a Super Bowl party, something like that. All of these situations kind of require different things, kind of require you to think about them in different ways. But I'm going to be going over the do's and don'ts just of a general get-together, a general party. Maybe you do have some family there and your best friends are also there. Like, okay, think about, like I said earlier, like a Christmas party, a holiday party at your house. You want all the people that you love spending time with there. So that's kind of like the general party that I'm going to be talking about. I'm not talking about hosting your work friends and your boss or specifically just hosting your in-laws. I don't know, maybe this would go for the in-laws. Some of them, yes, some of them, no. So take it with a grain of salt. But now I can get into my list, now that I've made that little disclaimer. So I'm first going to go over the do's of hosting, things that you should do, things that you should always take into consideration when you're about to have a group of people over. The first thing is always have like a little variety of food options. I'm talking about I, okay, this might sound really annoying because I'm someone who gets annoyed at people when they quote-unquote require something to be gluten-free but they don't actually have celiac disease, which celiac disease is when you actually need gluten-free things because you truly have an allergy to gluten. There, I feel like that is maybe like 10% of the people that say they're gluten-free and then the other 90% are doing it because they think it's healthier, which, newsflash, gluten-free things are not necessarily healthier than if you just got the regular loaf of bread or the regular cake. Like when I make a cake that's gluten-free, there is no less sugar, no less butter. I put all of the same amount of all of that stuff into the recipe. It's just gluten-free flour versus regular flour, which might make it a little better for you. I honestly don't know. But there are so many people that, you know, say they're gluten-free. They don't actually need gluten-free. So when I talk about the food varieties that I'm about to talk about, it might sound a little bit annoying, but it can be necessary in order to make sure everyone has a good time. So if you are willing to open your door and invite a bunch of people in, and you want everyone to have a good time, and you want everyone to, you know, want to come back, and you want them to feel comfortable in your house, you should have a little variety, right? So I'm talking about a couple things with no dairy, and then something with some really good flavor, something that's easy to grab, things like that. So like cheese boards, always a good idea. But maybe have some chips and salsa, along with some snacks, you know, in case they don't want cheese all night. Again, coming from someone that's lactose intolerant, I always bring lactate with me, right? Sometimes it doesn't work. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes it doesn't work. I had pizza with my boyfriend the other night, and he could literally hear my stomach rumbling as we were watching the movie, or we were watching The Office, actually. But I was sitting there, I had just finished my pizza, and you could just hear my stomach churning. And I told him, I was like, look, I know I took lactate. Lactate takes away the pain. 
Sometimes it doesn't take away the need to find the nearest bathroom, if you know what I'm saying. It doesn't, unfortunately. Sometimes if I know something's going to be like extra heavy on the dairy, I'm going to take like three lactate. I'm going to just pop the pills, pop them, pop them, pop them, and hope to God that it works. Sometimes it doesn't though. So if I'm at a party, if I'm at someone else's house, you know, I don't want to necessarily have to need the bathroom. So maybe have a non-dairy option. Like I said, maybe have a non-gluten option, a gluten-free option, because if someone does have celiac disease, they literally cannot have gluten. And unfortunately, there is not you know, a gluten intolerance pill like there is lactate. I feel like they should make that with how popular gluten-free stuff is. Maybe they're not doing it on purpose because it would ruin the gluten-free industry. No, they make plenty of dairy-free things. I got dairy-free yogurt the other day. It's really good, but I still buy lactate. I don't know. I thought I was onto something. Maybe I'm not. But have a good variety of food. Like, go on Pinterest a few days before the party Make a list of like three fun party appetizer recipes. Go and get the ingredients for those the day before and then make them the day of so that it's all fresh and you know people are going to have something to eat. Because, I, you know, sometimes people eat before they go to parties just in case there is no food, but it's always nice to show up somewhere and like the kitchen table has different food options. Maybe there's a little cheese board on the coffee table in the living room. I love doing that. When you put a few different food options throughout the space that people are going to be sitting, that people are going to be hanging out in, maybe you have one on the kitchen counter, little, you know, bar top area. You have a little variety there. Then you have some over on the dining table if you have that, if people are going to be in there. And then you have, like I said, a little cheese board on the coffee table in the living room. I think that's a good idea. People can kind of sit down, relax. They know they can grab and eat something if they want to. I think it's a good idea. Also, going on Pinterest, finding recipes, getting the ingredients. When you are hosting, it is going to cost you money. It's not going to break the bank necessarily. You don't have to do that at all. You can get your ingredients. You can go to Aldi. Trader Joe's is amazing, okay? I think some people think that Trader Joe's is expensive. It's not. I mean, if you start getting every single thing that they have, of course, that's going to add up, right? But I can go and get a week and a half's worth of groceries about. I feel like it lasts me a little over a week when I do like a full grocery run at Trader Joe's. But I spend like, what, $60, $70? That's not bad when you take into consideration that I eat three meals a day and snacks and I like dessert, you know, I I think that's good. So you, you can do it on a budget, absolutely, and you should. You know, you don't need to provide caviar and all of that. You can keep it simple, but still make people, you know, excited to come in. And for the drinks, because, you know, drinks come after food, for the drinks, I think it's okay to say BYOB if it's a casual party. Okay, if you're like really hosting a big group, then they're probably going to expect some drinks to already be available. And I know that sounds annoying because drinks, that part can get expensive. But, you know, you could get a couple cases of some cheap beer and then some boxed wine if you want to keep it simple and not have to worry about fancy cocktails, right? Like if you're in your 20s, like for example, for me, if I had a house right now and I invited 
if my boyfriend and I invited a group of friends over, they're not expecting some fancy cocktails, right? Maybe have one liquor bottle for some shots and then get my boyfriend, we get like cases of PBR and then you could get boxed wine and then there you go. It doesn't have to be super fancy, right? That being said, I do love, I love fruity, colorful cocktails. So if you do want to have those options, you could just get like a little bar cart or a portion of your countertop. You could just stack some liquor, some mixers, and some ice, and then people can make their own or something. I don't know. You would decide how you want to go about doing that. You could have like a little punch bowl or something. Do people do punch bowls anymore? I don't, I've never seen one. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think I've ever seen one because you always saw like in movies and stuff, like high school movies and everything, someone spikes the punch bowl, which if you're hosting a party and you want to have drinks, I'm assuming the punch would already be spiked, right? But I don't know. I've never seen a punch bowl. I don't know if people do that anymore. I have seen those really cute, like, um, I don't know, like, they're like water dispensers, right, where it has the little nozzle on the bottom. We have a couple. My mom uses them when it comes to, like, Christmas and stuff. She'll do, like, a little cranberry juice thing in one of them and then some, like, cucumber water in the other, and it dispenses at the bottom. You just turn the little nozzle and everything. That's a really cute way if you want to do, like, a little mixed drink and then also have beer, like I said, so that everyone can have a little something. But again, I feel like you would do that only if it's a larger party, but if it's like super casual and it's like your best friends just coming over to have a good night, BYOB is totally fine. I I think anything else would be a little ridiculous, especially if you're younger and you're inviting like, even if it's just like five people providing all of the drinks It can get expensive when you don't have the money. So don't feel the pressure to provide, like, the best drinks in the world. If you want to do a little bit, that's fine. But don't don't feel bad if you can't. I think that's totally okay. Now, when I think about my future home, I absolutely want to have a little bar section. I really do. I love the way liquor bottles look. When I go to the liquor store which I I don't do that often, let's be honest. I definitely do not. But when you walk in, it's like overwhelming with how many options there are. And then when I'm looking at different things, maybe I want to try something new. The bottles, I absolutely judge books by their cover, even with real books. If it has nice packaging, if it has a cute label, if it's colorful, if it's a cool shape, oh, I would want to buy it. I don't right now because I'm not going to spend my money on that when I don't have a home to host people in, right? But when I do, I want to have a little bar section. I want to get cute bottles, cute glasses. I love the fun cocktail glasses, like the textured martini glasses or I don't don't know what they're called. I can see them in my head right now. I've seen them on Pinterest so many times. They're all over Amazon. So when I have a house, I'm going to have a cute little bar section. If you come to a party at my future home, you will have some drinks provided, but it's always a good idea to bring your own just to be safe. Let's move on from the food and drink. The next thing that I have on my, the you know, the do list of hosting, things that you should do. I think this is like the last thing I have on this part, but this might sound weird. I'm going to go back 
to the whole thing I was talking about with dairy, gluten-free stuff. No one ever does this. And it's a pet peeve of mine. I cannot tell you the last time I was at someone's house or just wherever they're living and they had this. Please, please start stocking your bathroom. I'm talking about extra toilet paper somewhere in the bathroom. Maybe you have a cabinet under your sink. Maybe you have a tiny little closet. Maybe all you have in your bathroom for storage is like one shelf above the toilet or something, right? Maybe you don't even have that. Maybe it's just the back of the toilet that you can potentially put something on. It doesn't matter. You should always have a stocked bathroom. So extra toilet paper somewhere in the bathroom. Could be just one extra roll. A clean hand towel. I feel like when I go into like a girl's apartment in their bathroom, the amount of times that their makeup is just everywhere. It is everywhere. The hand towel is like orange and brown from all the makeup on their hands when they wash it when they're done. They've got their hairbrush everywhere, which I am guilty of shedding. My hair sheds so much. I just took a Swiffer wet jet in the bathroom and oh my god, I could have made a rabbit from the amount of hair that was on the floor, which is disgusting to say, but let's be honest, right? But when you go into someone's bathroom and it's someone else's space, because a bathroom is like a, it's a personal space. Like that is like all of your most personal belongings in your bathroom, right? And when you go into someone else's bathroom, you don't want to see all of that necessarily. And if you're going into someone's apartment, they probably only have one bathroom. It's not like they have a little guest bathroom in the hallway, okay? If you go into someone's house, they probably have that where you're going to use that bathroom and then it's completely different. But if you're young, you're probably going into someone's apartment where they have one bathroom. Now, of course, they're not going to have to hide everything. Like, you shouldn't feel embarrassed because you wear deodorant and the deodorant bottle is on your counter. That's completely different. I'm talking about, like, you leave everything out. Every single thing. Like, I I don't know. I I feel like you should try and kind of clean up your bathroom a little bit and then have a clean hand towel. I this this all started because I put on my list have a clean hand towel and I am also guilty of this when I like at the end of the week after doing my makeup every day when I'm done with my makeup I wash my hands but then there's some like makeup residue on them. I also wear the Supergoop glow screen which has kind of like a a deeper tint to it kind of makes your face look a little more tan and so when you wipe your hands on a towel it might come off a little bit and then your towel's orange and this has happened to me multiple times and then I you know wash the towel put a new one up please put a new one up your guests don't want to wipe their hands on your half wet you know orange hand towel it's it's kind of disgusting next one Please have plenty of soap on the sink. It can be pump soap, bar soap, whatever you have. But if you have no soap on the sink and then you're expecting people to, you know, grab a drink, eat some food, shake someone's hand, give someone a hug. I don't like that. It's not hard to get soap. Go to the Dollar Tree. It's cheap. Actually, you can get cheaper soap at Target than you can at the Dollar Tree. The Target brand pump soap, not the foaming stuff, just the regular pump soap, it's 85 cents. 
That's the one I use. I like the milk and honey one. Please stock your soap. It's not hard. Always, next one on the list, always have a plunger and a toilet brush. I know it sounds disgusting. I know you're probably thinking, Maggie, why do you need a plunger at someone else's home? Remember my story about eating pizza even after I took lactate and my stomach was still rumbling? Sometimes someone might need to use something that they don't want to have to walk out of the bathroom, find the host of the party, and say, Hey, um, this is kind of awkward. Do you have a plunger by chance? You don't want to have to do that. That is the most humbling experience that you will ever find yourself in when you have to leave someone else's bathroom and someone else's home or apartment and there are other people there and you have to walk out and be like, um, hey, so there was like a little mishap, like, uh-oh, uh, do you have a plunger or a toilet brush? So I would stock that in your bathroom. Again, it's not hard. You can get that stuff in the Dollar Tree if you want. And it's also great if you have a cabinet under your sink, you can just put it in there, right? It it doesn't have to be visible to the naked eye. You don't have to have an ugly plunger just sitting in your bathroom. I understand that that's not something that everyone might be interested in doing, of course. If you have a little storage option, that's great. But even if you don't, still, you know, give people the option to not have to be insanely embarrassed when they're just trying to have fun at a party. Because if the plunger's already in there, they're going to take care of it in two seconds. And then, moving on the list, have some Febreze in there or some type of room spray in your bathroom that the guests can use. Because let me tell you, I, I hate talking about this. I don't know if bathroom talk is absolutely disgusting to you. So sorry if it is. Sorry if this is wildly inappropriate, but I am just trying to help you host a good gathering. Make people comfortable. Make people want to come back. Make people feel welcome, especially if you're having a party that revolves around food and drinks. Some people are going to have to use the bathroom, right? If it's a Christmas party, if it's any holiday party, there will always be good food and drinks. I, I feel like absolutely, especially Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, there's always so much food, the Super Bowl, things like that. Always stock your bathroom so that no one has to be embarrassed for the rest of their lives because if that happens, they're going to be thinking about that moment for so much longer than you would think. Trust me, but have Febreze, have some type of room spray because the next person that goes in the bathroom, you don't want to have them feel uncomfortable because it, it smells weird. No one wants that, right? I don't want that. No one wants that. So just stock your bathroom. Really, it's not that hard. All right, now I'm going to move on to the don'ts of hosting. And I talked about this briefly a little earlier. But when everyone is at your house, whatever the plan is for the night, most likely the plan is going to be just to mingle, to eat and drink, to hang out, to just relax, to unwind from the work week. That's typically what a party is, to just have fun. To, you know, it's probably not fancy, probably just a casual thing. Just have fun, be you, unwind, all of that. If that is the goal of the night, please do not, do not 
corral everyone together and say something like, okay, guys, okay, now we're going to play a game. I promise you, about 90% of the people there, they now want to go home as soon as possible. Please let them just hang out. Please let the people just do what they want to do. And okay, again, this does not apply to those nights that are literal game nights and all of that. If the goal of the night is a game night and everyone that was invited knew that before they arrived, that's a completely different story. Then, of course, everyone there wants to play a game, right? That's obvious. But if you are there to just hang out and have a good time, do not stop everyone from talking, trying to get their attention, like, okay, put your phones down, put your drinks down, it's time to play a little game that I came up with, I think you'll all love it. They're not going to love it, they're going to hate it, they're going to hate you, they're never going to want to come back. Please stop with the games. I Maybe this is a personal thing for me, but when I go somewhere and I'm using my free time and I just want to have a good night I I don't want to play a game that's all we're gonna move on because now I'm getting mad about people wanting to play games when it's not game night again I would I even like a game night I don't know because when oh my least favorite my least favorite thing in the world is Monopoly I cannot say Monopoly I try to go bankrupt as soon as possible whenever I've had to play Monopoly. I don't like it. That game lasts hours. If it's not a quick card game, I love Go Fish. I'll play Go Fish any day. That's fun. If it's like, okay, I do like drinking games. I love Pong. Flip Cup is fun. Stuff like that is a good time, but you can have like a little portion of your space set up for Pong or for Flip Cup or, you know, for Die or whatever, right? That's totally fine. That's completely different. Those are fun. Those aren't games where you have to make everyone stop what they're doing and explain all of the instructions and, you know, make sure everyone's on the same page and they understand what their role is and blah, blah, blah. If you have to do that, that is your sign to just stop while you're ahead and just let everyone do what they want to do. But again, if it's like Pong or something like that, that's fun. I will play Pong if it's there anytime. I love it. I'm pretty good at it. I'm going to be honest with you. I am pretty good at Pong. And actually, my boyfriend and I, the night we met, we played Pong together. And guess what? We won. Okay, Pong, Pong might help you find love. You know, so that that's always a good game. But anyways, moving on. This might make me sound like a grandma. This might make me sound like a little Debbie Downer. But please do not blast the music so loud to where no one can hear anyone else talking. When I am sitting or standing right next to someone and I am trying to have a conversation with them, I'm trying to catch up, ask them how they've been doing, what they've been up to. And I'm in someone else's house. Like, I'm not talking about at a bar or a club or whatever, okay? Because that is completely out of my control. But if you're at someone's house and it's just a house party and I, if you cannot hear the person directly next to you, that is just annoying because then you're going to wake up the next morning and you won't be able to talk and 
you'll feel like you just went to like the biggest rager ever, but you didn't. You were trying to enjoy your night at a house party and now you can't talk because the person in charge of the music thought that, you know, their playlist was just so good that the entire world needed to hear it. Guess what? It probably was not. We all know that it probably was not. The music doesn't need to shake the walls. It doesn't. Mm-mm. Not when you're just trying to have a decent night, okay? That that really does make me sound like a buzzkill. I know. But I am just... I don't want to have to scream just so that the person next to me can hear what I'm trying to say and vice versa. It's just annoying. And then going for the opposite of this, of that last one that I just talked about. If you are volunteering to host and you're like in charge of planning the party and everything, and then everyone shows up and they're having a good time, like you have volunteered your home to these people. And the agenda for the night is just to have a good party. You've got drinks, you've got food, everyone's having a good time. Everyone's there. Everyone's doing what they're supposed to do at a party. And then you're like, you guys, you guys keep it down. The neighbors are going to get mad. Please keep it down. If you're doing that, come on, just don't volunteer to host if that's going to be a problem. If you have nosy neighbors, if you have people that are going to call the cops on you or something for a noise complaint, don't volunteer to host if it's an actual party. Now, if you want to volunteer to host and you do have those nosy neighbors, that's okay, but just make sure that before everyone comes, they know that because, you know what, maybe they'll decide that they don't want to come anymore and they should be able to do that if they want to. You can still have the music, you can talk normal, but just don't get mad at people if they're doing what they should be doing at a party. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, so moving on to the last point that I have on my list of things that you should not do if you're hosting. This goes for literally, it it doesn't matter what kind of things you have in your home or in your apartment. You could get everything from the thrift store for a really good price or maybe you have a bunch of like really nice belongings. It, It can go either way. But when you are hosting a large group of people, please do not get really mad at someone if they like accidentally spill a drink on your couch or your rug or something like that. Because I personally feel like if you are opening up your home to a group of people, again, this could be five people, this could be 50 people. If you are serving, especially if you are serving alcohol, you should, I feel like when you make those plans to have the people come over, you should put yourself in a position to know that something could go south, okay? Something could happen that you're, you know, most definitely not going to be happy about. But in the moment, you have to tell yourself, like, you can't get mad at these people if someone spills their glass of wine or if someone spills, you know, a sauce on their food plate or whatever and it gets on your rug Or you have like a crisp white couch and it gets on the couch and then you're going to have to clean it and maybe you can't even clean it if the covers don't come off of it and stuff. That is not their fault when the person that invited them over and provided them with alcohol has a bright white couch. Like that is something that you should take into consideration when you do want to host. I'm not saying that 
if you ever want to host a party, you shouldn't have any white furniture, you shouldn't have any nice belongings. Absolutely not, because also on the other side, being a guest going into someone's home, you have to be respectful. You should always be respectful. You should be aware of your surroundings. I personally think it's not hard to know when to stop, in my personal opinion. When it comes to drinking, I really do not think it is hard to know when to stop. Like, everyone knows they have a limit, right? Everyone knows that. Now, there are situations where maybe you're kind of coming up on your limit of how much you can drink, and then you take a shot, and all of a sudden you went from, like, 0 to 10 in 30 seconds, that that can, you know, go south, right? I personally do not do shots because I just, I, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to me. I don't like doing it. I, like I said, I love fruity cocktails. I love stuff like that. But I, I don't like shots because I feel like it can go south so quick. And when you are a guest in someone else's home, I'm not talking you're at the club. I'm not talking about going bar hopping and stuff. You are in someone's home. You were invited over for a good time. You're going to see your friends. You're going to catch up. You're going to have a good night. You should always be respectful, even if it is like a raging party, even if it is, you know, someone like you could you could be hanging out with someone for their bachelorette party. And those parties, you know, those are kind of on the crazier side, I feel like. Still be respectful as a guest. Don't, you know, projectile vomit all over their living room. That's when the host is allowed to be like, um, absolutely not. Get your stuff. You're leaving. I'll call you an Uber, but you are not allowed here anymore. Get out. I will charge you for the dry cleaning. You will have a Venmo request for me in the morning. That would be completely understandable for the host to be like, okay, get out, you're on my bad list now, I this is pissing me off, I want everyone to leave. Stuff like that, absolutely. But what I'm talking about on the host side is when, like, some little minor inconvenience happens. Maybe someone accidentally bumps into a table and knocks a flower vase off and it breaks. If you had a flower vase on the table during a party that was like an heirloom from your great-grandmother... That's your fault. That is your fault. In situations like that, you need to take into consideration, again, that you are opening your house to a bunch of people, even if it's not a bunch of people, like I've been saying this whole time. You are opening your house to other people that are going to be drinking. They just want to have a good time. You need to set yourself up for the night to go as smooth as possible. So, yes, there might be little things that happen, like someone spilling their wine on the rug, but it's not the end of the world. When you look at the grand scheme of things, when you look at life as a whole, having a little stain on your rug, no one cares. No one will care at all. If someone comes into your house after the party and they're like, oh, um, she has, she has a little stain on her rug. Um, I don't know if I want to be friends with her anymore. If, first of all, that's not going to happen. And if it does, that's ridiculous, right? It's in the in the grand scheme of things, it's so pointless to get mad at those things, but I do have to admit, when I put myself in that position and I think about in the future when I have a home and I've put my money and my time and my effort into decorating it, to making it cozy, to make it, you know, 
hopefully like the Pinterest boards that I have, right? That's everyone's dream. If that were the case and then someone came in and, you know, they didn't know their limits when they were drinking and they just started going crazy and the reason they spilled a whole bottle of red wine was because they were just getting way too drunk and they didn't care about their surroundings, I would be livid. That would be the situation where, like, you know, get out of my house, bye, I don't want to see you anymore. But I, I'm, I'm rambling at this point about this topic, but I just think there are definitely some people where they open up their house because they want everyone to like them, they want everyone to come to them, and they want to be the person that's known for having everyone at their place. They don't want to go to other people's places. They want to be the person that everyone else wants to come to. But then at the same time, they're so anal about everything and they're just not really fun to hang out with. I I feel like we all have someone that we're thinking about in our heads when I give that description. There are so many people that are just very particular about that stuff and they'll get really mad really easily. There are things that I get mad at really easily. I I will admit that, absolutely. But anyways, I'm completely rambling. So yeah, that was the last thing on my list of things that you should not do as a host. I only had a few on my do's and don't list. I don't know if I said that correctly, but maybe I will add more later. I, at the end of every episode, I feel like whatever I'm talking about, I'm like, maybe I'll think about more in the future. Maybe I'll change my mind. I don't think I'm going to change my mind on any of this, in all honesty. I think everything I said was like, yeah, that would be good to have at a party, and that would suck if the host did that, right? So, yeah, maybe you have some hosting horror stories or a party horror story that you attended and it was god-awful because something crazy happened. I would love to tell crazy stories at some point. That would be fun. But you see the stuff like that, you can't name names. You can't put that out there. That would just be rude. That would be mean. And I don't want to do that. So yeah, I enjoyed talking about this because I think hosting is very important. I think it's a really fun thing. And I think when it's done right, it can be absolutely amazing. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you are having an amazing day, an amazing week whenever you are listening to this. And I will see you. I will see you next week. I will see you next week. I'm saying it now. I will see you next week. Have an amazing day. And I'm going to go now. Bye.